Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? Hey, uh, it's uh, see, it's March, right? March. It's, it's fantastic. Yep, it's been yep. it's been a pretty good week. I First of the month. haven't had a lot happening this week, but it's this feels this week very much feels like. Um, I don't know, a typical February, March type thing where winter happens, everything, all media mm. slows down, games, things slows mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. It's really weird how, I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of social psychology papers written on this time of year or whatever, how nothing happens in the. Yeah, I know that, I mean, I don't know that this is true, but I've heard anecdotally that. Um, things like depression and suicide rates are very high right after the holidays. Yeah. It's um, cold. You have to stay inside. It's dark and gloomy. Restaurants get really slow. And, you know, everything is slow and closed now anyway. But uh, yeah, on top it. of all that. So, yeah, that, that's that's what been this week has been kind of like that way for me. There's not been a whole lot. It's It, it has been nice. So like as our weather report goes here in Indiana, it's been in the mm-hmm. 50s, which is nice. I did go for a long walk, which I, you know, just... I can go for walks in the winter just fine, but like long walks are, are you know, you're out for hours or so is, is more rare. Mm. And I did get to do that this last weekend, went walking around IU and just, you know, had that, oh my God, I can't believe I'm sore from walking for so long. Um, but, right. but it was good. Every, every, oddly, everybody, it was weird. Everybody and their brother was out. It was just every person sees of people. Um, hmm. re- really surprised. Uh, we went to, uh, I drove by... Um, Target and and it looked like it was Christmas time. There were so many people and the parking lot was full. And weird, weird, right? And what was even weirder is that there was a Chick Fil A in front of it. We only have one Chick Fil A in town, and we're not a right. we're not an itty bitty town where there's like not choices for fast food. There's so many fast right. food everywhere. Um, but Chick Fil A is the only Chick Fil A we have, and it had a line around the block to it. I was stuck. Weird. I know, like Chick Fil A. It's, they make good chicken sandwiches, but geez. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's been nice, a nice thing to do, but haven't really had a lot of media consumption this week. Just did some, uh, some video game playing. I think mostly I played what you played. Um, I think yeah, so. we're going to have, this will be a little bit of a weird show because uh, now that we don't have a, a poster list of movies to do every week, um, uh, we were talking off the air. I can list off for you the things that I've done, and none of them are worth talking about. So, <laughs> right. uh, we played. We played Valorant. We played a lot of the same games on Board Game Arena. Um, I am playing a new game on there uh, called City of the Big Shoulders. It's about um, like stock markets and company like manufacturing growth, uh, basically capitalism in uh, Chicago post post great fire i think the chicago fire okay um but i can't really talk about that game because i still don't really understand all the rules and mechanics <laughs> i still don't know um, it's a stock game. market component that's weird um and then i've been playing hard space shipbreaker which i talked about uh a couple weeks ago it's this cool sort of almost puzzly game where you're taking apart ships uh in zero g and so you have to be careful you don't cut through into a, a pressurized chamber or cut into a gas tank or a fuel tank or something and stuff will explode. It's a little bit stressful, but also kind of zen. Um, and I have been playing uh, Diablo 3 again. Mm-hmm. After all the after all the hype from, from BlizzCon Line, I've been itching for some Diablo. Even though 
I think they're within a couple weeks of the season ending and the new one starting, which makes it kind of pointless for me to be playing it now. But um, yeah, so there were less than five minutes into the show and I'm all out of stuff. To <laughs> a lot of things to do from the past it, week's activity is uh, I last time I played Diablo three, Sydney and I really got into it um, and it was really fun. And we, we did like the whole season, not the whole season. Cause like you have to be hardcore stuff to get in everything in it, but you get, you get past like the fourth um, chapter of unlocks and it starts to get actually challenging in a way that if you've played the game before, it's got, you know, very granular difficulty levels to where you could stay on normal. And even if you gradually go up as you get higher levels and higher gear, um, the game never becomes truly challenging. Um, if you don't, you know, turn the settings all, you know, all the way up as high as you can go. Yeah. Um, there's always a lower, but you get to like these class dungeons where you have to get a whole set of class gear and then it opens a dungeon that you have to do solo and it's full of stuff that you can only beat if you have the right build, right? That's stuff that your class is uniquely suited to uh, be able to do, but it's going to be a challenge. Oh, like I remember that. Yeah, right. And you got to keep moving and stuff like that. I've done that a couple times. I think that's when how, when you get some of the big, um, the big rewards. But uh, yeah, only... Of all the, I've probably played at least half a dozen of the seasons, and I think I've only done that that sort of end game season stuff two or maybe three times. Yeah, and, I, and if I remember correctly, I mean, occasionally there's the the big thing is like you get a pet or something, which is cool. Um, yeah, for, pet for, wings for the ultimate thing, right? But but you get portrait frame. But you usually get like all the cool stuff. Um, the set armor. Yeah, you stuff. get all the set armor. You always get like like wings or something cool like that. Um, you always get those for just doing the fun, the casual kind of fun stuff. You just play it and, yeah, and work first, through and you, and you can get it and you get a lot of good stuff, but the, but the rest of it, like the really hardcore things like you were just describing, were still very much like you get a new portrait, right? And then an upgraded mm-hmm. portrait from that. And it, and it just was not enough of like super of a carrot. Of a, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, you know, there's, there's a limit to how far you can go with a game like that, right? right. Like they can't they can't really give you super good gear because then that invalidates all the previous gear and it's not i mean they do give you the set armor but it's just one set and from what i've heard i haven't done this very much but from what i've heard if you get a character up to you know the max level and then high paragon and you do some of this content those set pieces drop pretty frequently anyway to where you could build up that set right well that Um, that was my next and so they can't they can't really gate gear behind this like difficult season progression kind of thing. So yeah, it's cosmetics. And then the cosmetics in that game are just portrait frames, wings and pets. Yeah. And there's only so many of those, like it's a pretty low, uh, it's pretty low poly count game. Yeah. And and I, I hadn't, I hadn't played the seasons like intently for a while, a long while. And um, they changed a whole lot. And then when Sydney and I played it, I was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this thing. And it's neat because you, you know, just by kind of playing casually, you do get a full set. And sets in that game are are like game changing. Like it's not playing the same yeah. game. Like when you get a set, all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you there's one spell that a character gets that can cast once an hour right. and it's really awesome. But when you get the set, now you can cast it as your regular mouse button or something. You know, it's like right. it's completely yeah. game changing. 
Um, and yeah, you play the whole like you you level up and go through the the story in whatever build you want to do. And I've done before where I'll look up like what's that set going to be and how are people building it out? Okay, this and this, and I would probably put this on this button. But then I'm playing with a build that's kind of weak and I don't really like yeah. until I get that set. And then once you do, it's like, oh, okay. Well, I've been you know playing witch doctor and I'm just like throwing jars of spiders at people but the build is about these debuffs and i'm like oh i don't do this debuff thing okay so if i do this and then this and then if i get close to enough to them i do this fan thing and then they've got all three and i'm like that seems like a lot of work but then once i do it it makes this like plague bomb that like you know almost instantly kills those mobs and then spreads to everything around them and it's just like uh, you know turns your character completely overpowered yeah yeah and 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 you, it's only capable because of the soup of the, the set bonuses right the like, set yeah and, and that's it's very cool I'm, I'm i say that because it's very fun and i think those were really a good thing and that, that's a great carrot i thought i mean it's like to get yeah. yourself to play through and get those those were really good carrots um but i, I got them i so said last time we played we got them and we got our, our stuff and we were like really having a good time doing it um and then like you said, you can get the set bonuses, the sets naturally as well. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like we, we've, I'd started to discover, like I was playing the wizard. I got my cool set that I was a, a bomb destroyer. And then I got another set like from a previous season or something. Right. Cause they, they do drop mm-hmm. in the game. Um, and then I got like three or four sets of different stuff. And so I was able to try all the different kind of builds, not all of them, but like several different kinds of builds several that I was even them, interested yeah. in and the full sets for them. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not really excited now about waiting on another season because now mm. what Blizzard has been doing in the last, I don't know, three or four seasons are like re-releasing seasons. Kind of like season 20 was actually season 12 set. Right. Right. Just a repeat. Just a repeat of that. I've, I've heard that what they're doing in the upcoming season, this is season 23, it's 22 now, Um they're reworking the way that follower gear works, okay. which is interesting. It's kind of a specific, you know, I always try to, um, uh, uh, you know, join a public game for their other players. Yeah. Um, because they'll do things like if you're doing bounties, which none of this makes any sense to anybody who's not played Diablo three, but bounties are just like, um, uh, meta quests basically where they're like, accomplish these five goals in these five zones and when you do you get a reward and you do that in all five chapters of the game or acts as they're called and you get rewards for those well if you join a public group a public game with up to four players um, people will have the difficulty set for their gear level so that even with four players because the game gets more difficult the more players are in the game even with four players they could each solo any of those quests and so they'll go into an act and, and everybody will split up. And so you're doing all four of them at the same time. Um, you don't get as much rewards, but it's, of course, the fraction of the time. Yeah. Um, and then they'll, you know, team up for the last one that might be a boss, one of the bosses or something. Well, that, that was another um, thing, too, is that, like, look, looking forward to another season was one of those you, you have to start all over again. Like, it, right. that, that's, the, that's the spirit of the Diablo seasons is starting back from level one. But I had gotten like almost every class that I wanted to play, gotten their suits and their stuff, their sets that were interesting to me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that just was one of those, how long can a game go? I mean, everybody can obviously play Diablo 2 still 20 years later. But um, 
how can it go for me? And I think this game has done really darn well for longevity for me to play occasionally here and there. So I give it major the props. Season thi- yeah, we've talked about this before, but the season thing for me is the perfect, like, I'll drop out of the game for a year or two years. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I played it at launch. It had a lot of issues. That's what I started to say. I do public games now, but when we first were playing, um, I almost always preferred to play solo because however they had the tuning set um uh you so you lose your follower which is just like an ai uh uh, teammate that just follows you around but if somebody joins another player joins your game your follower leaves right you can't have both otherwise it would be kind of broken um and when it was just us and our friends playing I could do stuff with my follower, but then if, you know, Zahn or somebody joined my game, um, now everything's more difficult, but he, you know, might be in town still going through his stuff. And I'm like, now the everything's harder to kill, and I and I don't have my follower, and I also don't have another player here helping me. And I think either I got better at the game or they adjusted the, the scaling and stuff with that. But um, anyway, the seasons for me are the perfect, like, we lose interest in the game because, you know, if you've been listening to the show long enough, we all went through a wave of playing that game. I think soon after I bought my Switch, I remember because I have it on the Switch, too, and I did a whole season with a Witch Doctor on the Switch, and they're not cross-progression in Diablo 3. Oh, yeah. And so I had to start all over when our friends were all playing on PC. Um, and so that was, what, 18, maybe? Yeah, I think late late 2018, something like that. Yeah. But the the seasons give you this like you come back and you start fresh and i don't mind that at all because it's not um with adventure mode it's not hard like the stuff you do leveling up is mostly the same thing that you do in the end game it's diablo it's just you know this grindy and then you get that new set and it's like oh change your build to match this and now you're playing a new a new kind of game and you do that for a while and you get bored with it, and you play other things for a few months, a couple years, and then you come back to it again. It's it's great, right? Right, yeah, and it and it does a pretty good job of um, uh, you know, being interesting again here and there, especially especially if you like, there's a class that you haven't played. I think though that I, for me, I've played every class and got all the interesting builds from those classes that I that I want to mm. right, to the max level. Simply because that game is so so long, and and it's good bite size that you could play it, for, you know, can binge it for a good couple weeks and get a good feel out of it, and then put it away for several years. That's that's a really good game, you know, slant mark of a game, I should say. Um, but yeah, but funny funny that we spend so much time on that. But, but it, you know, again, you mentioned that going back to it, it's a it's a good thing. To, it, it is a game that you can go back to and and endure and enjoy. And they, you know, we talk about them supporting it again because they're really, you know, good at this. What Blizzard does, they they put new things in, you know, ten years on mm-hmm. on later. Uh, other games though, I, we we played. I got to play. We played some Valheim. We did a boss raid last week. Um, yeah, third, second, third, third boss, maybe second boss, third boss, third boss. Yeah, deer deer was first. The the tree elder was second, and this one was a slime. Uh, bone mass bone mass bone mass right just like a giant slime ooze thing that uh rained poison and yeah i mean it was, was very, it was cool very... like the boss fights where i 
long, tedious fight. Yeah, had had sad face experience with it because of early access bugs. But so it's hard for me, hard hard for me to to honestly review it. I review it because, from the standpoint, that it was cool, it was neat, mechanics seemed awesome. But mm-hmm. I, I personally ran into sad face bug where character you know, wiped it and stuff like that. So which totally mm. makes it a, a not fun experience. Um, but that that's very specific that's early access early access and which you know it sucks um it, what it, what it does is takes that kind of stuff you know we can talk about that a little bit is that even though you're playing early access and we do have that nice phrase that everybody says oh it's early access i don't i don't know i mean that's got to be worth saying that that can ruin a game too right like if i if i it's enjoy weird. a game I but mean, then it has a game breaking bug that makes me feel like i just don't want to play this again Right. Yeah, it's a it's a weird kind of thing. Like, um, you know, most maybe not most, but for you know, we this is a new concept, right? I mean, not new, new, new. It's probably five years old now. But um, we used to have, and and most a lot of games still do have something called beta testing. Yeah. Right. Or a beta phase, and people think of that as an early access. And it is, but, you know, you're very often like uh, they're going to wipe progression in the game and a lot of that kind of stuff. Like when they do technical alphas for um, WoW uh, Classic Burning Crusade and stuff like that. But um, the the idea of beta testing is for players to get their hands on the game and find the bugs because... You know, anybody who works in software development or, you know, I I work in web development um, will tell you that no amount of testing internally, like I can't test something that I build thoroughly enough to to see any possibility where it'll break. Right. Right. I can't do that to 100 percent where and, you know, their developers better at that than I am. But, you know, you get it out in the real world and have actual people using it and they're going to find combinations of conditions where stuff breaks. Right. Um, and that's what, you know, beta testing really is. And so to have this, like I know steam has a big disclaimer on the, on any early access game because sometimes they won't finish, right. Yeah. The company will go bankrupt or um, whatever kind of thing. And you're like, you know, like Steam wants to make sure so that they don't have to give people refunds. Um, they want to make sure that people are going into that situation eyes open and going, you're not buying a finished game. You're buying the potential for a game that you hope, you know, that everybody hopes we'll, we'll get to this point, but it's not, it's not guaranteed. They're still working on it. Yeah. Um, but that, but that yeah. no matter, no matter how much you, you can like put that preface in it, you're, you're not, you're not there to test. Like th- there's a big difference between being a tester and testing a game and wanting to play a game. Right. right. Yeah. Well, yeah, th- that's for sure. For me, I for I, I'm not really sure, just a variety of um like a perfect storm of conditions and have have kind of lost interest in Valheim. I did get on for the raid. Um, and I stayed a little while after and I got on a little bit the day before to harvest a bunch of wood to add. So we would have arrows, which turned out to be really 
useless, but they were very good on the first on the second boss. So we thought we would need them again, first and second bosses actually. Um, I have a feeling we will need them. On I the third think. Boss. Sure. He, he's, a, um, he's a dragon, so I just that's all I can guess. Yeah. The just the so like we did BlizzCon line. So I was thinking about WoW and Diablo. Um, I got back into WoW for a couple nights and don't really have quite enough enthusiasm for that. I do have another sort of um, project going on in my quote-unquote real life that I'll probably talk more about next week. Um, that's also been kind of vying for my video game time and enthusiasm. Um, so that's happening. The like wow and, and diablo stuff is in the back of my head i've really been enjoying shipbreaker because of the kind of like low low risk of it and then for valheim itself um somebody posted an article about how like the game has been a huge success right mm -hmm. three four million people uh bought into early access um and then a lot of those people are dropping out because they're hitting a difficulty wall yeah and i'm like boy i don't know like i so there's there's that happening like giving me a little little voice in the back of my head um and i had a big house project in the game this if you know the game is viking yeah. um sort of survival exploration with a big um building system um i built this kind of norse uh reproduction of a of a norse temple to thor that i saw videos or i saw photos of online and the because of the physics and the and the um like gravity system of building it took me a really long time to get the roof to stay no, the roof up. was the worst part of that game yeah um and then i finished that so i'm like well i finished my big project we just unlocked a new like level of difficulty where in order to go out and try to uh farm stuff i'm gonna have to go into this swamp where there are water snakes they're eels or no leeches mm -hmm. in the game i don't like those in real life and they're mm -hmm. creepy in the game i'm like i don't really want to do any of that stuff um and so yeah my my uh, uh lack of interest in that game now is not early access driven but a variety of of small factors and i know you've still been on it a lot uh despite um your your bad time with the third boss yeah yeah i mean the I, I I get that I, I get I get what you're saying there and I and I don't just get it I uh, empathize is the right word I I uh, and I don't think that the, you're alone I, I when you mentioned the the difficulty curve I have a feeling again I've only played through what is three bosses and then on the next the fourth right I don't know how many phases I'll they're kind of clear phases in the game that you you go through. Um, I know of at least one more I can tell because I've explored the world enough that I know there's an area that, you know, we've yet to go to still. Um, so there's at least five. Um, but I, I have a feeling that this is the one that they're all talking about. The one that you were just describing, like the swamp with the leeches and stuff like that, that, that that's the difficulty curve that people are hitting, namely because it almost made me stop playing. It's just it, because it's so it was one of those ones where in the game where you go to an area that is pretty far. I mean, I know the worlds are populated differently. What's it called? Uh, pre-generate, not pre-generated, um, procedurally generated. So it's different. Yeah. It's, it's different things, but they're, um, but they're still, 
far away. Like this, this area that where you have to go to is far away from where you're at. And mm -hmm. you go from, you know, being able to hop on and do an adventure and do a thing to hopping on and sinking in a significant amount of time to get to a very dangerous area that is that you die from. And then you have to spend a, a little significant time just to get back to where you were. And then when you're off, when you mm -hmm. finally get off, you're like, I didn't accomplish anything. Right. Um, you just survived. Yeah. All I did was get over there, survive and get back. And, and yeah. I may have gotten a few things, but just, you know, I need to make 30 of those kind of trips type stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it was a lot, it was so much. And, you know, it was just, and then you would get over there and, and the, the dying, the difficulty part was that it was like one shot type. Cause you get hit by one thing and then you're, you're yeah. dead. Right. And there was nothing you could do. And you spend so much time and effort and, and planning and th to get all the way over there to do a thing. And then just one thing randomly comes behind you and then you're, you're, you're done and you can't, you can't get past it. Um, and, and that, that is very difficult. It's not just difficult as hard, but as difficult to get over from being fun. Right. I, I, yeah, psychological. I, I believe that games should be difficult and challenging, but I also think that there's a, a, a big time component in it. And I know that's different for everybody, but you know, you have mm -hmm. to have so much fun within so much amount of time, I think. And, and again, everybody's different. Some people have to have it right now, adrenaline, but you know, for Warcraft, some people play and they have the quote unquote fun once a week. Right. And they play all week. Yeah. To have yeah. fun. Um, but for, for me, this one was having fun. And I think a lot of people had have fun in this game up into that point. And then you hit a point where it's now difficult and you can't do the things that you were doing before. Name, mainly there's no more new building parts. Like, right. E even now right. you barely unlock, you know, I'm unlocking silver and I'm not getting any new real building parts for my, for my building. Mm. Right. So, so you, you just described what a lot of people are friends group likes to do. They like to get on and build a house. They all got in that first week or so. And we're like building their own place, making their own unique thing, putting stuff in it and, and surviving and fighting at the same time. Mm -hmm. Once they did that, there is nothing more to do. Right. Like from that standpoint, right. right? The, the only thing left to do is now you have to turn your, 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 uh, vision to progressing like right i have to go out far away go into the danger thing to get a small amount of reward as before mm -hmm. is that i would walk outside my door it would be a little dangerous because these little dwarf things would come up and get me but i could chop down my tree and go make a whole new room right and get a lot of ex excitement yeah. um so the 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 fun and the the things you could do dwindled off mid middling there i i really do feel that way um, and even now I still don't have in the new things that I get, like say you get a new recipe to make a new pole for your house, like a, I don't know, iron pole or something or stone. Mm -hmm. You have to get the mats that are so difficult to get. So right. I don't want to go back into that swamp area to pull out iron, to redo a new house and to spend that stuff on so expensive on a pole. Yeah. Right. Um, it's to totally not worth it. So anyway, that I get that difficulty. Now I will say that I, this last week after we played our boss, I I went on to the next phase, and it's uh, strikingly different. Like that is no longer a difficulty 
the way it was. Now I got on, I can run over to an, to the mountain area, go fight some cool things, get some stuff, feel pretty powerful and take it back and be done in, in an hour, like on my lunch break. I feel really happy with that. And I'm ready to progress already to the next thing within like three days of playing. Um, nice. But the swamp was such a difficulty wall, such a difficulty wall. Um, and like you said, everything was attacking you. The, the leeches and the, and the, you'd just be walking along and then the leeches would just like attack you and poison you and die. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or what, what or terrible mechanic is the early access. I'm sure you'd go into the water and all of your weapons could get unequipped. And then you're like, oh my God, there's things attacking me. And you can't, you have to re-equip everything, you know, and then you're dead by that time. So yeah. it's. That actually, I assume is intentional. Like, cause the way to, is like you put a shield in one hand and a sword in the other. So if you're swimming, you can't hold a sword and a shield and swim. Right. But, but it's. I assume that's just the, the sort of, you know, this is a survival game. So every once in a while you get one of these mechanics where you're like. Why is it so hard? Like, oh, well, it's supposed to be. And, and I agree with doesn't that. Mean, doesn't mean I really want to play it right. when I sit down in an evening. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't be so bad if, like you have that in the meadow. Let's say, example, the meadow or, or the, the, black, the, the black forest, which is the zones before that, um, where you go into the water and then, you know, you, you can equip. That's, that's not a big deal. But the swamp is you're walking along in waist-deep water most of the time and you're fighting things in waist-deep water and then you take a step and everything's unequipped and one step later, you're out of the water, right? Because mm, it's at a yeah. water table That's type no thing. good. That's no good. Yeah, so that, that made it not so fun. So anyway, I, I am enjoying Valheim. Um, I feel pretty powerful at this point. Like my character, after doing some stuff, went into that later zone that I saw and I feel pretty wrecking a lot of stuff there um so it could get fun but i don't know if if people are going to make it past that that hard difficulty or or why they would want to progress if they're not progressive minded people Uh, you know right if they're if they like because there's so much of valheim that was not just progression that was fun um and you know it's early access. It says on their their release date that they want to do more more households stuff. You know, we're building things, and they want to mm-hmm. put that stuff in the game, uh, make the oceans more exciting and and fun. Um, but they got four million people in like three weeks. So yeah, yeah, it's hard. Anyway, that that I, that's, I don't envy them. That's that's Valheim. Um, but yeah. So we had a new episode of WandaVision. Um, did mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that I really have much to say about this episode. Um, there's one more left. Yeah. Um, and I think, as I said before, I want to try to get a couple of our friends on to do a, a sort of panel uh, discussion on the whole show. Um, I don't know. Did you have anything you wanted to to say about? Like, I have some comments, but they're super spoilery, so uh... we have to do a whole. Yeah, not enough for a whole show. I will say, go ahead and run it, ring a spoiler bell because I will say one thing that's a spoiler. Right. But here we go. Uh, we're going to talk about Wandavision a little bit, not the whole thing. We'll talk more about it just, next week, but one. just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So here we go. Uh, I just wanted to say the comment on the um, the tag. Do you, Do you remember the end credits tag that happened? Did you get to watch uh, that? You know. I watched it like right away when it came out, which I know was only like four days ago, but whatever 
the tag was, I've already forgotten. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, it was where they show that um, Sword has reconstructed vis- the, the body of Vision. Right. And you right. see the white Vision. Uh, so the thing I wanted to mention about that is that when I started reading comic books, uh, Vision was the white Vision. Like In the comic books, he had the white outfit, and he was completely white. So he looked like that. Um, I see. I see. So that that when I saw it, that was like, oh, that's cool that they did that. There, there's so many of these little things that that they do for, that you that most people would watch and would not even think twice about as a big deal or or at all. No. Yeah. Um. So the, the two there is is the vision. The other one part was uh, Monica Rambeau. Um. Mm-hmm. If you go look at her character, like if you do a search Monica Rambeau comic books. Her sword okay. outfit that she wears, like when she goes into the WandaVision world, looks like mm-hmm. her, her superhero outfit. Like it's the same yes. color. It's got the, the lines that are the same. I'm like, oh, I did not know that because I had not seen her character in the comic books. Right. You know, and, and it didn't feel like a comic booky costume. It felt like a, a space, mm-hmm. aerospace engineer outfit or whatever. Um, and then when I watched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, they totally cobbed that costume. Uh, so the the that one and the the white vision, um, interesting thing is that um, in the comic books, it's so good how Marvel does these like pulling out threads. In the comic books, um, Vision was destroyed and put back together by um, government agent agency and used as a weapon, and that's when mm-hmm. he was made into the white vision and his completely his mind was wiped and he wasn't. He didn't remember Wanda or his kids, and he was just a, an android, uh, a new mm-hmm. vision. But they kind of relaunched him, and he wasn't part of that family. But it was really cool. Right. There's several comic book things you can easily find online uh, about how, um, like, he it was really hard. Like, he totally was cold as a robot to Wanda and the kids. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of people are like, wow, they're they're going to do that. They're totally going to do the the white vision being you know, cold and cold hearted to, to Wanda and the kids, which is weird because there's only one episode left. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're only 30 minutes. Um, maybe, maybe they've done the impossible and concealed an entire movie. <laughs> right. Public. I mean, do you think maybe they have a longer episode perhaps? I, I keep wondering if they're going to do like a, an hour episode or something, but maybe they could do a doppel fight like, um, like in Logan. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, doesn't it feel like there's there's just a lot to for a 30-minute episode left or a 25 whatever minute episode left? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, depending on what they do, I have a hard time seeing them not do a double-length uh finale, but uh it's hard to say. The last two episodes have been a lot of um exposition. Yeah, a lot. Right. Just right. A, a lot of informative. I said in our in our chat uh this episode eight was a long meandering way for Disney to say, Hey guys, we own X-Men. Oh, is that right? I thought, uh, I thought, and, okay. And, I thought you were, you were alluding I, to as the, the, the Scarlet witch thing. Well, that's what I mean. The, the name, like, or, or because at least that's what you told me. Like for me, I think of her as Scarlet witch. Cause that's what the fans, you know, people online call her. And I think we talked about this a lot with Mandalorian. Um, this show is obviously pulling a lot, a lot of content from the comics and, and to me, what are kind of obscure um, little Easter eggs and things for 
a franchise that I think is, while I'm sure it is popular with comic readers, is also very popular among, you know, not, I don't, I wouldn't call myself a non-comic reader because I do read comics. Um, but I don't recognize all those things, right? Because I haven't read any of these old comics that these stories are based on. But I can still follow all of the story from the information I have from the movies. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it sparks these conversations if you, you know, are among decent, respectful people who are not going to, you know, give you a hard time for not having read something. Yeah, yeah. Comic right. book. Um, you know, then then I can have conversations with you or, or Justin or Fox and it's, oh, I see. So that's a that's a thing. And that's why that means this. Um, yeah. And it's and it's pretty cool. But yeah, the whole the whole episode eight was just for them to say the the name Scarlet Witch right. in the actual show. And if you don't, I don't know. I think if you don't know, I don't know. If you don't know, you probably have a friend who does, and they'll tell you. Or you go on the internet, and you know somebody on Reddit or Twitter will tell you um, that she's never been called the Scarlet Witch in in the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, not, um, not, yeah. And I, I don't know if that was a, a a Fox Marvel thing. I really don't. I mean, but they, but I know that she had never been called Scarlet Witch. Mainly, well, mainly because I, she doesn't. She's not a witch. Like they haven't. They have not up to this point described her powers as magical powers as as witch magic powers and she was she a mutant yeah it wasn't yeah. in yeah. like in the comics she and and pietro were yeah uh, like magneto's kids children or or something yeah, yeah yeah so and and they didn't mcu didn't have x-men when they started making avengers films yeah and um is that where they start Iron yeah Man that's, yeah it was, no it was um age of ultron Ultron. Yeah. That's, that's Avengers too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, yeah, they, um, and, and they, this one kind of retcons that a bit to say that, um, she always had these powers and the mind gym just amplified them. Right. Mm. I, I think that's kind of what they were doing with it. Yeah. Is that yeah. She always had it. Now another fan service thing they did and doesn't need to be, it's not important to the plot, but they did to the thing is that the, they've always described her, magic in the comic books as chaos magic again that's just a weird that's just a term that they throw out in comic books yeah that's, that's a fantasy term yeah it's a fantasy term it doesn't mean anything there's no it's just a cool word right it's like yeah avenger i don't know just a word um so and and they and they've always said things like reality powers what the hell does that mean chaos magic probability that you know you read her comic book uh bio like they have every once in a while and it says those buzzwords they're buzzwords that's where chaos magic magic with probability control and reality control like none of those words make any sense or describe anything right mm -hmm. so they didn't ever put them in movies or stuff but now they'll drop them in and sprinkle them in occasionally like they tell her that she's the scarlet witch and that she's got chaos magic You're like okay they put that in there just for comic book people right and right and I don't know if they're going anywhere with that because I don't know how they're how Wanda's future in the MCU is. I know she's in the Doctor Strange movie, um, mm -hmm. but here just wrapping up the Wanda section here segment here. Um, do you? So there's only 30 minutes. We said unless they do a double episode, you think this will just be a gigantic lead in into the the Doctor Strange movie? Into the Strange movie? Um, like they won't actually wrap things up. I mean, 
maybe wrap it up in as much as you know deal with the hex or the 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 bubble the town and get her to a place where she can you know be in a doctor strange movie right so link them up in some way um which is not a full conclusion but is potentially a conclusion to this chapter of her being stuck in this place and maybe they deal with uh um agatha and all of that stuff or it really could be a cliffhanger for for the strange movie i don't know i mean well let's just quickly say the things that would have to be wrapped up or in a in a 25 minute episode you you have to give emotional time to vision dying again right unless they Mm -hmm. intend him to come back for real like he's gonna he's not allowed to go out of the bubble so the number one thing is they have to solve the bubble that's that can't be around forever. Um, right. So that's got to happen. And then they got to solve Vision dying. They're going to have to wrap up what happens to the kids. Right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to wrap up Agatha Harkness. And there's going to have right. to be a fight within with White Vision and Vision. Um, and Agatha and Wanda. So all that has to be and given emotional time. And her... Her finally coming to grips with what she's done with in this town, with people and um, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And you have to wrap up. They've introduced uh, Monica Rambeau with her new powers and that she's going to come out with her superpowers now. All that in 25 minutes. Hmm. I, I just don't know how they do that. You know, unless unless it's a to be continued in the Marvel movies, you know, to find out about Monica Rambeau or what happens to the vision, go watch blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. I have a hard time believing that it won't be, uh, extra long, like runtime. It's gotta be, it's gotta be an extra long time. I mean, I think so. Yeah. I think so. So yeah, that's weird, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, next week. I, yep. I, I like it so far. It's, it's good. It's fun. It's been a good show. Um, mm-hmm. because of this, if it's not an extra long show, I can see myself, you know, going right to the to the boards and telling Justin like you were right <laughs> is that they mm-hmm. spent they spent, you know, five or six episodes with these taking slow slow burns on these um episode, you know, bewitched episodes and things like that, not moving anything along and then the last like three episodes they just cram everything in. Um which, you know, we'll, we'll see when we get it all done. Who knows? Yeah. It's Marvel. We'll, we'll see how it is. I will say this is that, um, you know, he, this is the kind of storytelling TV series that we're getting out of a, a Marvel done show as opposed to the Netflix Marvel done shows. So, you know, watching this when this is done, we can have a talk about it next week about yeah how this compares to a Daredevil season one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. My my hot take on that is that the. the the Netflix shows take more risks and therefore can make some shows that are better than a lot of Marvel shows like season one of Daredevil and a lot of stuff that is worse than any Marvel thing ever. Like from what I hear, uh, Defenders and Iron Fist and yeah. Or or even you compare that you, I think it's an even ground to compare this to a, um, like Titans or, um, Mm. Arrow even. Right, because yeah. they're television made for tele- made for the small screen type shows. Which that's that's another that's another case where both of those shows 
um, make very safe choices. And I think they're successful within their audience, but their audience is kind of a narrow band that mostly doesn't include me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So next next week, I think that'll be a, a, we'll spend a lot more time talking about how yeah, that how that sure. how that sits in perspective. But well, all that depends on what happens. Was it you know? Yeah. We may be yeah. cliffhanger. We may be cliffhangered. Um, but there's yeah. I don't believe there's a season two of this, right? I believe it's a it's not a, like an ongoing series. That's my understanding is that it's a single uh, thing, especially if you know, as we say, Wanda's going to be in. Uh, Doctor Strange too. Yeah, well, th- this will be. I'll tell you what we'll be telling next week if it is a cliffhanger that leads into the movies. That that will set the tone for all of the shows that we expect to watch on Netflix or not Netflix on Disney Plus. Like Disney Plus, we expect them to be prequels to movies instead of standalone shows. That's a. Uh, I mean, if they continue, if Disney continues releasing movies. Uh, theater feature films, quote, quote unquote, theater feature films on Disney Plus. I think that is okay. Yeah. But if we, you know, if we get out of this COVID stuff and back into, you know, th- theater going becoming really viable again, I don't, I don't, I mean, they get a little bit more back into the Agents of Shield problem where it's a little unreasonable to expect people going to the theaters to have access to Disney plus also. Well, I, I, right. I so used you're not going to appreciate I, a movie unless right. you've seen that. Unless you've seen this. Series I mean, I, I used to, to agree if they're with both that. on Disney plus that's fine. Right. Um, I, that's why I, I used to think that, but, but I also think that I, I, I strongly believe that the whole conceit of Disney plus is that their shows will not be primarily sold to you in person anymore, although they will sell you on disc. You're expected to six months later subscribe to Disney Plus and watch it. Or or if you like if you watched Wanda, you won't go to the theater and watch the next Avengers movie. You'll wait six months and, and watch it. And on, see it on Disney on, Plus. On C- because yeah, you, you will be watching those, you know. That's entirely possible. I, I'm basing that solely on the 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 opinion or observation that that i have that up until infinity war and endgame mm-hmm. um marvel made movies that could be watched in isolation i agree they're yeah. definitely yeah. appreciated more when you've seen all of their context and you yeah. get all their references but you could pick up even sequels in the same series right you could yeah. pick up uh ant-man 2 and maybe you don't know why he's under house arrest well, and even the first Ant-Man doesn't really tell you that. Like, you mm-hmm. you have to have seen Civil War to understand that. But um, it's not necessarily, um, you know, you might be a little confused, but you're like, okay, the movie starts with... It could be a movie that just starts and never had any movies made before it, where this guy starts in house arrest. Like, he's a known thief, yeah. like, in the in the context of the, of the first movie. So... Um, that's fine. Um, it just would be a different change. And, you know, I'll partly because I enjoy it and partly because we're going to talk about it on the show, like I will always watch the shows and the movies mm-hmm. both together. So I personally don't mind if they're going to put context lead up uh, cliffhanger for a movie in a TV show. Yeah. I'm going to watch them both. Right. It just if if that's true, it's a it's to me a, a fairly big change in their um 
you know, uh, pattern or standard the, operating, yeah, standard operating procedure. I, I 100% agree with that, and, and and it's something to watch for. And next week will be a, a big tell for that, right? I, we'll we'll really yeah. see um, because you, you're right. What what if Agatha Harkness is a main character or, or uh, antagonist in the Doctor Strange shows? Like you can't just go to it and not know Agatha Harkness. I mean, maybe maybe you will. Maybe that will you know maybe this show won't tell us anything really about Agatha and she'll get away. And then Dr. Strange will start delving into who she is, you know, maybe, yeah, I mean maybe. that from, from everything I know and have been told that makes sense. If they're going to involve this Mephisto character and do a, do a Marvel, uh, Blizzard Diablo crossover. Yeah. Yeah. That's a joke. Uh, right, right. Mephisto is a, is a, a I think probably in some kind of actual, uh, Christian literature, a, a demon or yeah, yeah, Satan's yeah, lieutenant or something like that, and he appears in Diablo because it's a very like yep. dark Christian Catholic themed angels and demons kind of game. But he's also a character in the Marvel comics, which, as I understand it, is very similar to his. Oh, he's Satan, basically, is what he you is. You know, he's basically Satan. I mean, yeah, Agatha is pretty clearly a witch, which yeah. is also. Um, a weird thing right like uh i guess not if you think about stuff like guardians too but the yeah but they're they're um, they're 100 percent introducing marvel into the i mean magic into the mcu like not not i mean i know the the infinity stones are magic but and and thor's kind right. of magic but the, but they really have relied on the fact that or pressed upon that this is all science based they in it's, throughout, it's throughout been thor, much more it's been much more sci-fi uh, than fantasy up until yes. i mean really until dr strange even though a lot of the stuff like the stuff that yes. that marvel or that wanda does has always been it's it's magic you know right? It, like, you, you're nobody right he calls it that but, you're right dr strange uh, really did do magic like 100 percent. you're right um you're right i i shouldn't say that because because i guess this just puts wanda fully into that genre you know as opposed right. to it's as opposed to putting her in in um, you know the the sci-fi type thing, which I I, I kind of saw her in the MCU as a sci-fi thing because she's part of the mm -hmm. the stones and space and like that. But but now they're, they're, they're this show definitely brings her back to okay, we want her in the magic you know realm of things. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll we'll see. I agree. I think that uh, it has been very you know uh, self-contained at least within the movies themselves, and you you don't need to to watch or the movie series is even. Uh, you don't need to watch the other ones. And, and if this does, like, this is Wanda and Agatha are right at the beginning of Doctor Strange, and they're talking about Westview, like, you know, that totally changes the way Marvel does movies. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that yeah. goes. Uh, yeah. So, cool. Interesting. Mm -hmm. We'll move along with that, how that goes. Next yeah. week will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to... Uh... And now I'm going to forget the name of it. Um, I want us to watch a new-ish movie from last year. Okay. Uh, let me let me find it again. I usually have these tabs open. Um, before we do that, uh, since this is a light uh, show on context, as we mentioned, on content, and as I mentioned at the top, um, I thought maybe we could go through some things that we've been reading or watching uh, recently and put them out there as just sort of general recommendations. Um, 
I have a couple of those, but do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, let me think here. What, what can I talk about? Uh, a couple comic books that I've kind of pulled back out. Comic books have had a little weird thing in the last year and that like everything has suffered from the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. and there was, you know, not several months where there was no comics put out and they couldn't be delivered. And, you know, the biggest, probably the biggest thing is that we had, um, you know, Marvel plans things well in advance, mainly yearly uh, crossover events and big things that happen in, you know, events, what they call them. Um, but when you, um, stop and, and they're planning in advance. So like right now, while this series is running, they're planning the next one, right? They've the editorial mm -hmm. staff have a series that they're planning and what's going to happen to the X-Men after this thing. And they know that's going to happen. And they start their writers writing and their artists, you know, drawing things in advance. Um, but what happened now is that a series ends and they're, they have a pause and, and whether they were going to do something now, they might not. Right. Because now they actually have time to get feedback from the previous event mm -hmm. before they provide the next one. So we've got a couple of things that have happened in mainly in the, the big two that um, like they things were going to happen in the DC world. We're going to totally change. I guess there was supposed to be this stuff where they were going to stop having all the main characters. We're going to be like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. We're, we're going to retire and they would have younger versions of all them. And and DC's done this kind of a thing before. But right. But they they announced it and when they announce it and they show all these things and they do all the promos for it. This is already a done deal. It's not ever put up for like public review. It's just a thing that they're showing you what we're doing and we're already working on it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But they showed it and then, you know, the, the early draft of it and then the pandemic hit. And then now they're not putting a lot of that out. Right. And mm -hmm. they have not necessarily said that they're changing their plans, but they're what they said the event was happening is not happening. Right. That okay. should be happening right now. So that's a long winded way of saying is that comic book, <laughs> book time right now is kind of messed up. You can go and read stuff, but it's it's just kind of dwindling and not all the stuff is still put out on schedules. Um, mm -hmm. So it's hard to do. So I've gone back and kind of pulled out the the old stuff now that we're watching stuff. And I started rereading The House of M, which I would recommend people who are like the, the Wanda stuff. Um Okay. It, it it's uh deals with um Wanda saying no more mutants and, and mm -hmm. that's the where I'm not gonna go into the Wanda story, but she uh um loses her mind. Um and mm -hmm. kind of uh if anybody's been watching the WandaVision things understands Wanda's state of mind and what she's been going through. And if you watched up through episode seven, getting ready to come into the last thing, you realize that sh this is a woman who's had some very difficult trauma in her life. Some, some not just superhero trauma, but real trauma. Right. Um, and mm -hmm. then put in the, put in the hands of somebody that has enormous amounts of power to reshape things as to her will. That's a big thing. Right. And in the comic mm -hmm. books that happened in roundabout ways. And what happened is that she, decided she was done with all this. So while she says no more mutants in the comic books, it'd be equivalent to her saying no more Avengers. Right. And right. then, and then you're seen into a world where there are no more mutants or no more superheroes. Um, yeah. And except for a few. Um, 
And actually, the way, if I remember right, it was everyone has superpowers type thing. It was There was no more mutants, but everybody had superpowers. Like, it was a normal thing for everyone to have superpowers. And her... Okay. Uh, her family, which was her, her vision, her kids, and her father, which is Magneto, hence the name House of M, mm-hmm. ruled okay. over this this reality. Um, I see. Not in a bad guy way, but in as like a, a king of a nation type thing. Um, so it, it kind of explores that, and there's a couple X Men, namely Wolverine, who who remembers the old reality, and they start kind of having flashbacks to remember things and. They have to go confront her, so it's a really good it's a really good series that you can buy in a trade paperback now to see a world a world made by Wanda, just like the WandaVision, but not the same way with you know sitcoms. A world made by Wanda, and then people trying to get to Wanda to find out Wanda, why are you doing this? That mm-hmm. type thing, and and can you come back to your senses? Type thing, Wanda, please. So that that was relevant. That's a fun read through. Um, and what was that other thing that I picked up? Um, again, it was. Um, oh, hold on, just give, give me a second for the life of me. Um, I had picked it up last week. Oh, I'll, I'll remember it at some point. But uh, oh, um, Young Avengers. Sorry. Um, okay. The last thing I, I, I recommend someone to, to pick up now is um, again tying into if you're watching WandaVision now. Uh, there's a a trade paperback series that that's out there's like I think there's like four trade paperbacks of them now but you can go back and on Amazon and find the the first young avengers uh and I would definitely recommend buying these in trades which is like a compilation of you know 10 different uh issues that tell one kind of story mm. um there's not a ton of these young right. avengers like I said about four of them and they're they're pretty good it follows um after a, a time when the avengers had been disassembled like kind of on their own separate okay. ways. Um, sure. And there is a, a bunch of young fans is the best way to, to say it, that, that are also have some kind of powers and they want to be the new Avengers. They want to be the next, the young one. They even mm-hmm. call themselves young Avengers. Right. Um, okay. And, and they um, kind of want to mimic themselves after the, the legendary Avengers heroes. And one guy comes out and he wants to, he calls himself, um, um, like a Thor, Thor, young Thor or Thorling or something like that. And he, he uses lightning powers and other guys, Hulkling and he has strong, he's green and has strength is strength. Right. So they're all kind of mimicked after hero stuff. Uh, and they're just mm-hmm. trying to do young stuff. So it's, a, you know, kids in a, in a, an adult world fighting adult things. And, and but it's really well written, very well okay. drawn. And then it's got some really, really cool twists that you find out that, these people do have ties to Avengers, but not the ways that they think or you as the readers think. Um, and then by the end of the first first or second trade paperback, you have an established team that have definite ties, real ties to the, the Avengers instead of just them wanting to be the next Avengers. Um, I see. And it, and it works very organically, very well written. Rereading it again makes me feel like I really care for these characters. And and in it is Billy and Tommy, which is Wanda's kids mm. that, that you know. Right, right. Uh, they're, they're main characters in that, which is pretty cool. As you can tell, that's nice. clearly their relationship to it. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, okay, that's, so that's, those are my things that I recommend. You've got two uh, comic series there, yeah. House of M and Young, Young Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, go, go to Amazon, pick those up. I'm not getting paid for any of that. Uh, 
But, you know, you want some comic books to, to go read, pick them up there. They can't be more than like 20 bucks for a whole thing. And that's a, a steal for so many, you know, comic books in one bit. Cool, cool stories. Yep. Yeah. And All right. good, well, they're good I art, have... too. Good art. Yeah. Yeah. I have three things and I'll start off. Um, these are all three, these are three very different things, but yeah, that's good. Um, I bought a pack of uh, uh, Star Trek comics in uh, digital form in, oh. in a in a humble bundle, probably within the last year. How, how are exactly. Star Trek comics? I mean, I've never read a Star Trek comic book before. I hadn't either, but I'd read paperbacks and I listened okay. to a couple of audiobooks last year. Um, they're a little bit all over the place. Okay. Um, this was a whole anthology, so, or not anthology, but like collection of, I guess that's what an anthology is, but not, they weren't published together. They were just bundled in this thing. And like, there was one about this like race of people called the. Uh, what were they called? Now I'm not going to remember. But they're like, you know, one of the progenitor races, like first that flew around the stars and they were thought to be gone, but the Enterprise finds some of them and they're not genetically engineered, but they're like almost superhuman. And mm. um, hey, do, do comic books fall under what they would call canon? I, I don't think so. Okay. No, I think there's enough... Um, you know, it's not like Star Wars, where for years you had six hours worth of Star Wars and uh, and nothing else. You're like, let's let's say that these books over here are in canon. Like, there's enough Star Trek uh, TV content, enough of which content yeah, that's itself, true. that that's you true. don't need to muddy the waters by making things canon. Well, yeah, like the, but, the, Star, the Star Wars books and comic books were, during those long, only six movies things were, or three movies even, were always considered canon. Like the the books yeah. would come out and they were considered canon. Uh, but the, you're saying that the Star Trek ones are not so much because just they're just a separate their own little thing. It it depends on the book. I think who wrote okay. it. Like sometimes they'll go far outside of canon. So the one that I'm going to recommend, um, yeah. and this is obviously for Star Trek fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, is what year is this from? It's from 2015, so it's not new. But it is the City on the Edge of Forever which is the most famous yeah. episode of the original series um, where they go back in time pre-Nazis and yep. and all of that. Um, but the comic is written from the, uh, the, the, the screenwriter's original uh, teleplay, like his first version of the story before they trimmed it down into what it became for the show. So there's a different character who... Um, goes crazy and jumps in the guardian um instead of uh dr mccoy doing all that stuff oh, okay um and they see a glimpse of the alternate future it's a little bit like um uh mirror mirror but instead of mirror universe it's alternate timeline where the enterprise is still there it's just you know like pirate militant kind of uh kind of thing and the like the heart of the story with edith keeler is still the same but a lot of the details in that are different and um the art on it is it's unlike comic any comic art i've ever seen it's really like um um and i think because it is all hand painted oh. like he the artist paints all these panels in like big poster size format and then it's sized down uh for comic books or wow. as i read it in basically a pdf and then at the end 
of the book, there are all these bonus pages where he describes all these Easter eggs that he put because he's painting. Oh, man. And it's like, oh, here's this building. And it's the same building that um, this guy worked in who was our, our, you know head head of production when the the tv episode was made or this guy over here like some yeah. of them are just like n- not not necessarily his friends but like other people involved in the production of the comic and it's like we used his last name on this dairy truck in the little that's fantastic i that's love that pretty cool yeah that, that's awesome you know i was thinking as, as you were saying that with the art is that you know one of the the issues that even myself have a hard time with watching the the old shows is it's not just the acting, but the, the, like the the '60s sets. Like it's they have mm-hmm. so they have some fun stories in Star Trek stories in the original series, but you're still stuck with these buttons that are just terrible looking and the sets that are you know the props <laughs> or whatever. It, it, you know you can't. It, it's the product of his time, but it's still hard to to you know connect with today as a story. But with a comic book, especially with good like painted art, that's not a barrier. Right. You could just right. actually have characters that, you know, and like put into a sci fi world that's not restricted by the set yeah. design. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I'm the... going to pick one of those up and see if that one if that's good. Yeah, it's it's probably really good in in physical format. It is on that'd Amazon. Cool. Um, if you have Comixology Unlimited, it's on there uh, or you can buy it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, the other I have two more. These are both anime. And they're anime from uh, the current season, so they're not done. So I'm I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that they don't end up uh, ending terribly. Um, the first one is um, is very popular in the manga anime community, though I had never heard of it, and nobody that I knew, I mean only I only know a handful of people who read and watch anime, and none of them have heard of it either. But uh, the manga was very popular, and the anime seems to be as well so far um it's called horimiya h-o-r-i-m-i-y-a and that's a combination of the two main characters names um hori is the girl's last name last name i said last name twice her name her last name um and miyamura is the boy's name and they're high school students and they both have kind of double lives where they're uh, persona in school is very different from their persona out of school in different ways. Um, he's a little bit of a kind of gloomy goth seeming character, although he's really not. Of course, it's just right. part of his his out of school per- persona. And um, she in school is the very like pretty popular girl, but at home um, is just a normal like does a lot of housework and always goes straight home from school to take care of her brother. Cause her parents both work. Um, and they, uh, just gradually sort of fall in love and navigate all of the complicated emotions of that kind of a story. Um, and what I like about it is that it doesn't, um, a lot of these, kind of shows anime uh, romance animes or, or rom-com because they're usually uh, comedy to some degree use a lot of tropes um, you know they'll have or yeah tropes is the word in that we use in in English too and it's true of 
like Western rom-com movies, right? I've said that before. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, the different character archetypes and they're often um, very exaggerated in anime because a lot of anime are very like just exaggerated in general, you know, big explosions and big emotional reaction kind of sequences and, and things. I think it's probably a like a reflection reaction of how sort of subdued and respectful their their culture mm, seems yeah, to be yeah, in, right. as, in as much as i understand it but um so far it's just a a really sweet um story that that navigate instead of most of the story being before the relationship starts which is you know the way that a lot of western uh, rom-com movies are um the relationship starts pretty early in like maybe the second or third episode and then the rest of the show is just what goes on inside that relationship instead of focusing all on the drama of which which guy is the girl going to pick or which girl is the guy going to pick um, kind of stories. Nice. Um, so that's that's uh, one that I'm enjoying. Another one is <laughs> I can't really tell so far. I'm about four, three or four episodes in. Um it's called bottom tier character Tomozaki. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> this, this one's a little bit weird, but um, this is another uh, one with high school characters. It's a lot of, I don't, th- there are all kinds of different anime, but for whatever reason, I end up watching a lot of these, uh, these ones about high schoolers. There are definitely a lot about high schoolers, so it's not just me, but anyway, um, this the setup of this one is the main character is male and he's the top ranked player in a video game that's basically Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> okay. Um, uh anime very rarely gets license to use names of things even right. even things that are Japanese like they're playing on what's clearly a Switch but it says <laughs> it says like y- Yontendo instead of nintendo that's so funny um and the game they're playing is called attack attack something families they call it attack fam and so i'm like okay well instead of smash brothers you have attack families right um just a, this sort of transparent and then when you watch them playing it it's very clearly smash brothers they like kick them off and when they hit the edge <laughs> of the screen they do the big blast thing anyway um the the setup is uh, this guy is the top ranked player in this game. And so all he cares about is this game and he works on it. You know, he practices all the time and he memorizes all the moves and figures out the like really subtle ways of hitting the buttons that you have to do to get really good at this game. And he loves this game and he thinks it's, you know, as they say in gaming, God tier. And he thinks that um, the game of life is a trash game, right? It's <laughs> sure. Like whatever, you, you know, you can't re-roll and whatever stats you, you're born with or whatever. And then people who are really successful are, you know, attractive and outgoing and have all these personality that gives them a huge advantage. And so they don't understand people who struggle and look down on them. And he's like, the whole thing is unbalanced and it's, and it's a trash <laughs> game. And... um and then he meets this girl who is the, you know, super popular girl. And 
he finds out um, that she also plays this game, um, the Smash Brothers game, and is ranked two, like just below him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, this is this is garbage. Like you have this and this and this and then and then all this. And he's going on a little rant because they meet in person after playing each other online. And um, she tells him that he's wrong, that life is not a trash game, that she is successful at life because she works at it with studying and makeup and posture and <laughs> attitude. And all, like she puts work into being good at the game of life the way that he puts work into being good at this video game. Right. right. And <laughs> so she's she's going to help him like, you, you know. To be popular. His, <laughs> his thing is like you shouldn't and he at the in the first scene he yells at another another uh male character who he beats at the game and uh for for calling the game trash when he doesn't really he's never really given it a shot. And so later that's what the girl throws at him. It's just like you're calling the game of life trash when you've not even really tried it. Um <laughs> you know, tried to to win at it. So, you know, I'm gonna prove to you that the game of life is god tier game that's just as good as attack fam. And so, you know, they, they meet and go through a little bit of a training montage and then she has him do these, what are basically quests where like, okay, you have to talk to three girls today who aren't me. And you know, your, your ultimate goal will be to get a girlfriend. And he's like, what? I can, you know, and it's, so for me, it's funny to see, you know, the, the sort of, it's sort of contrived, right? And everything sort of works to to fit where, you know, he says something and then it gets thrown in his face by somebody else later. Um, but it's cute and funny. Yeah. And if you like video games, uh, it could be could be interesting, too, for you, too. Um, both I of watch- these shows right. are on um, Funimation, the anime. Oh, right, yeah. Service. The an- anime thing. I, I It's funny. I had watched... Man, I wasn't really going to mention this, but it kind of follows along the way. A show on Amazon. I would say it's on, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. You know, sometimes when you're just bored and you're trying to fall off to sleep, you just randomly (laughs) press play on some random thing. Uh, I pressed play on this show called AFK. Okay. Now, you've seen those shows that are, are basically made for made by someone with just a, a an, an iPhone and their friends that are cosplayers or LARPers and then show it at conventions. You've seen those kind of movies, right? That are sure. Right. This seems like that film. You could call it what or, uh, independent film. Maybe right. You call it I if guess you want to be I, fancy. I guess you call uh, it that. I Amazon seems to have a whole bunch of those, by the way, like they, huh. they are the home for those. Um, okay. And th- this is one of those. It- it's uh, it's basically a sword art online, but not anime. It's re- it's real, you know, live action, real people. Uh, okay. Um, uh, people. It starts out like it's in a fantasy. It's in a fantasy world, like in a video game. Mm-hmm. I'd say like an MMO, and it seems to be like a player versus player MMO. And um, the players are in their avatars' bodies. Um, and they can't get out. So they're, okay. they're sure. walking around in a world uh, where other players are also in this video game world. And it's shot just like it, like those independent type things, those things with 
characters that feel like they're definitely LARPers. Um, and it's, it's short. It's, again, it's one of those 15 minute type episode things. Uh, and, mm. and it's not good. I'm not recommending it or anything. <laughs> it's, it's just, I don't know. Watching these things makes me feel like if I was, I had a bunch of friends at 20 years old that all had access to, you know, D and D costumes and we all wanted to like wear them around. Would I have done this? I don't know if I wouldn't have. <laughs> right. Or I, like, I, you know, when, when, I don't know if everybody did this in, in our, you know, you're a few years older than me, but, um, you know, we had, we had a video camera when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, to kids now, that's nothing like anybody with an iPhone or a, an iPhone touch, iPod touch can record videos, you know, at any right. time or like borrow their parents' phone or whatever. But I had the big giant, uh, VHS. Kind of, you know, <laughs> right. it, wasn't, it wasn't mine. It was my parents and they, you know, got a newer one and then I could play with the old one. And we made all these goofy, uh, videos when I was like nine or 10, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, man, what would I have done with TikTok if I had had, or n- not even TikTok, but if I had just had the 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 camera power uh, that the kids now have? Um, it's just funny to think about. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and and that's that's what I was thinking when I'm watching this is that they they're all early twenties people. You know, they're they're not actors there but they you know they might be theater people maybe you know right right um but but they're all definitely cosplayers these are, i'm sure these are all their own costumes right yeah. um but and they're out in their backyard in in the woods you know walking mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. um and then occasionally you have the the terrible cgi set piece in the background you know <laughs> you, you see of the of the castle kingdom or something right uh uh but it's it's uh it's a little, it is a little entertaining from the standpoint of, just like I said, it's like watching a bunch of friends LARP. And, yeah. you know, and again, it's just an odd kind of fascination of, of stuff. Um, I, I've never LARPed. I've never been into LARPing and, and I'm not knocking it in in any way. It's just a, a cooperative theater, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I do enjoy improv or theater. That's, that's, I have done felt the fun of that. Um, but they, you know, you have to do things like magic and there's some kind of, of, of rules or whatever. Uh, yeah. So anyway, w- watching this has been fun. And I occasionally, I admit like the next night, I push play on it again. Not that I was inter- interested in what was going to happen next. Right. Just, but it was entertaining. Well, I don't even know if it's that. <laughs> I mean, I, even I, you couldn't be entertained by something that's bad, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, get, I guess. Genres. And it's it's not even like good, bad. It was just, it's just kind of like... Uh, one guy is clearly acting like he's a a 15-year-old kid um but I actually have a 15-year-old kid like I have a 14-year-old kid and and this person is like a 24-year-old right thinking looking back at 15-year-olds is really young cuz you know at that age that gap feels right. like they're they're, right. they're children so he's acting like he's 9 right like yeah. way, way off and I'm like wait you've got this you've got this you know you, you've got this character all wrong you know what you're doing anyway um mm-hmm. and then they it's just it's just really odd <laughs> um and one character who who constantly starts talking about his epic armor and his epic stuff and you don't know about the and like he's more worried about his epic armor than he is the fact that he's in a video game like that 
that's right. not even a, a thing, you know. You know how long that took me to get that armor? Like, okay, you're not even worried about the fact that, like, how are you going to get your next meal and where you yeah. go to the bathroom, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, that that made me think about that when you, you yours sounds much more fun and entertaining. Uh, <laughs> but but that that whole thing is, is interesting. That's why I think Sword Art Online was was fun. I've heard only the good the first season was really good at that, but. Um, the concept of what if you were in a video game? Yeah, that's a classic. That's a classic example of of squandered potential to me because the first, almost the just the first half of the first season, was just this, you know, this really compelling kind of trapped in a in a virtual world, and then it went into, you know, what I, what I call really just kind of the worst kind of fan service. And yeah. usually in in anime, this is a thing we were talking about off the air. When people say fan service, they're talking about like, um, what's the word? In in Japanese, they call it echi, which is just H because their word for pornography is hentai. Mm-hmm. It starts with an H, and so stuff that's like soft. Um, how would you say it? Just when there's a lot of really um, gratuitous shots, gratuitous or, yeah. shots and it, it's not you know all, all no the transformers it's movies not, <laughs> it's not yeah it's not pornographic it's just like as suggestive as stuff can be even if there's no context to it yeah. at all and that's not what i'm talking about here um the the thing that i found fan service about um and it's funny how fan service in this context is something completely different than what i say when we're talking about star wars fan service um the the Sword Art Online fan service was this like uh like and and I say this as a male gamer like male gamer fantasy okay. right the the main character gets in this game and he's more powerful than everybody else always mm. by himself like he doesn't need to join groups because he's so overpowered um and he just always wins every conflict and he finds the girl who's um asana she's she's the best female player fighter but she also has the max level cooking on the server and of Mm. course she uh, agrees to be his girlfriend right away like everything works out perfectly for this guy um at every turn and i'm like yeah that's that's not uh that's not a great thing to you know uh, watching a watching a power fantasy is is one thing but just like stacked on top of it and then even if you can get past that which i did you know i watched Mm -hmm. a full i watched the movie i watched two or three seasons of it i think there were only three or four but um i I hear i heard that they lose the premise that's like the premise right soon the, the story the story drops like halfway through the season and then becomes something completely different. And they, they literally go into a a Mario and peach thing where um, this is a little bit of spoilers for that show, but I don't really recommend it to people. So I don't (laughs) mind spoiling it. But um, in the, in the second arc, the main girl gets kidnapped and spends the whole season locked in a cage, like a literal bird cage up in the sky. (laughs) And he has to, go through quests and stuff to go save her and i'm like Ugh, no like the, there was so much potential in this in this vr uh sort of world thing that just just didn't pay off yeah uh, that, that, that does f- sound like 
squandering because um, the like that I thought the premise of it was was really good. Uh, you know, these people are stuck, and I think that first episode said something like, "If there's someone holding them hostage or something in there, if they can't be woken, they'll be killed or some kind." Of, I think that was the whole launch to the series, and that sounded great. They're like, "Oh, this mm-hmm. is compelling," and if they die in the game, they die in real life, like yeah. that. That that take, was great, but take all this game stuff and put some real stakes on it, and, right? And, and I've not yeah. seen. I'm sure that there's been lots of other people can write in and say there's been lots of other shows that delve into that kind of a thing, very much like almost like a Matrix type thing. Matrix mm-hmm. is probably a bigger, but you know, I haven't. But barring the Matrix, I haven't seen a lot of shows or series or a, do that well, right? Going right. into the the fantasy world, like where you're completely aware that you're in a fantasy world with fantasy rules mm-hmm. um, and, and use those. Cause I, I think that would be just the, the greatest thing. I, I was just kind of, you know, fantasizing as we're sitting here, like how, if you woke up and you were in the body of the Valheim guy, like first thing I do is, you know, like wh- how would I be holding my weapons? And, and wh- I've got a backpack full of 800 things that are shields and so like, would they, would that that's something you could talk about in the show or the the thing or they'd show and you it's, know it's funny um there's is a, it a video game thing or a real life thing right you know what i right, mean right right there is a whole genre of fiction and i don't know how much of this gets like actual published and, and not just self published or like amazon uh you know kindle ebook published um but yeah. there's a whole genre of writing um called now it's uh, I think they changed the name. Either the old name or the new name is Lit RPG. And I've probably talked about it on the podcast before, but it's L-I-T, like literature, mm-hmm. and RPG, role-playing game. Yeah. Um, I've read a couple of these. Um, one that was pretty good, at least at the start. I'll have to find it. The author's name is Blaze Corvin, and the series is like Welcome to Ludus or something like that. Um, I think the setup is that there's some kind of capricious deity who abducts them from earth and they're, one of them is a, a military guy and the other is just like a, like, um, uh, Jap- uh, Asian martial arts enthusiast. Yeah. Um, and he drops them on this, on this planet and, um, it follows a lot of uh, RPG rules. That's like the staple of the genre. People, in, in whatever way it works, whether you just set up the world and you're like, this is this guy and he's living in a video game. It's something about it is distinct from just video game literature. I think because it's new, um, you know, you don't write stories just about Samus or Mario or or things like that. That's just, you know, video game literature. Yeah. That's just fan fiction. Um but in the one I read, and it's been a couple of years now, so I don't remember the details, but the guys would like, when they fell asleep, they would dream of some avatar who was like a person from their, um, from their subconscious that is like comforting to them in whatever way. Like it's just right. an element of them, like talking to them because the one guy sees Mr. Rogers, though he, the author doesn't name it mr rogers at first like he just gives a description um and they show them you know how many points they earned from what they did that day and what they can upgrade 
right? They have a literal talent tree. Um, that's funny. And so, so yeah, that's that whole, it's, it doesn't have the VR like person in a game thing, but it does have usually in some way, a normal person will suddenly drop into a fantasy world, well, not a fantasy world, but a video game world um, where they have, you know, some of those kind of menus and, uh, and things in, I, I, I like in that, what world. you just said. I like that idea that like, that's actually what I was trying to go for in your phrase of, you know, a VR type thing is, is that, yeah. you know, if, it's, if it's I'm in a world, people, but I, I actually t- talk like me and I, I'm aware of my normal world with cars and stuff and I walk around and I'm inhabiting a space right, and, right. you know, and, and, but I can pull up my wrist and my inventory comes up and a sword appears in front of me that like living in that world in a, you know, in a story, like in a game, a, a movie or something that sounds pretty cool and being trapped in it, you right. know? Like not being able to just take the headset off, right? Um, and and that that would be, and all of a sudden you have to and then also like eating matters or like you can you do start to feel sick if you don't have a thing instead of like oh it's just a, a poison counter on the thing you start actually get sick and feel like that just feels very interesting. so I think that's what that's where like this AFK was interesting to me is like I'd love to see something like that kind of done well, um, mm-hmm. and, and this this isn't one of those to do that. Um, but I like I like the idea and the, and the Did concept. Did you ever watch um, uh, video game High School? I have not. No, huh? I don't know what that is on now. But that was a weird sort of. It was really just a show about gamers, which you know is always kind of uh, weird. It's a little bit like um, it probably has about the same production quality as that Apple TV show we watched. Raven's Banquet. Oh, the Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. That's it. I yeah. knew I had the subtitle and not the. Right. It's just a bunch of kids, you know, esports gamers in high school, and, um, you know, their their lives and their conflicts. But, uh, the the weird thing about it is that whenever they are playing a game, like if they're playing. I don't know, it's Counter-Strike or something, some first-person shooter, they'll have the actors in, like, doing it. They'll have, you know, they'll be wearing fatigues and carrying guns and and running through the thing, and that represents the video game. And then they'll jump out to them, you know, all sitting at a table with their computers, with headsets, and talking, and then jump back in, and the avatars are just those actors talking to each other. So instead of ever using any game footage, it's just all normal filming. Um, yeah, which is kind of strange. You, you know, I was just thinking, since taking a step back, I, I take it back. There has been one that I really enjoyed, and we it was very recently. Uh, I guess kind of, but close is was Ready Player One was kind of like that, right? Where yeah, most of the bit. story was in a VR type thing, mm-hmm. right? Where where you're in in that world, and that's kind of the premise of that whole thing is that people are living in this world and don't. Well, now the the down the the, the flip that I'd love to see is that like you can't go out of it, right? Is that, right. that it's like the the life or death type thing? You have to play the game. Um, yeah, as and you're playing. I don't the know. Game. I don't know if I've seen. I mean, I know there was an old anime called Dot Hack that I think was a very similar premise. Like, yeah, just one day, all the people in this game could not log out. Um, most often, this is. It's sort of, and I guess really it is. Um, in in anime, this genre is called isekai, which is the the Japanese word for another world. 
Oh, um, okay. And most often these stories start with a character dying or like in the book I was talking about, they get abducted from earth. Um, and so they're, they're just gone and now they can't, they can't leave the game because they can't get back. Right. There's no way. And it also, that brings into it a little bit of sci-fi because there are other people there from different races. And so you find out that the, that the deity that's been doing this is abducting people from all over the place, all over the galaxy. Yeah. Um, you, you know, but in, in anime usually, um, and there's one, there's one this season that's actually so far really good. Um, it's called English version of the title is called, um, jobless reincarnation. And so you have this protagonist who is a, uh, hikikomori and I'm, i think i've talked about that before they did an episode about it on the omnibus he uh finished school never got a job never moved out of his parents house and um then one day gets hit by a truck and dies right mm. which is a tragic mm. setup right but right. it's it's more it's like the, it's the complete opposite of the sword art online thing where the you know loner gamer nerdy protagonist is just a complete failure in his actual life. And then when he wakes up in the fantasy world, he's being born as an infant, but he still remembers his life before. And so he goes through, um, you know, he has magic, but it takes him a long time to figure out how to use it. And he still doesn't want to leave the house. He's still got agoraphobia from things that happened to him in his previous life. Um, Hmm. And it's, it's really good so far. Yeah, it's that, another that one is this season that's uh, that's ongoing. You, you know, a game, a, a game, a show that was kind of it was much more lighter, um, but and more comedy, but was similar to this. Was the um, what's the new the new Jumanji movies? Mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. they, they they did that right. I guess that was yeah. a another good yeah, example I forgot of all them. About that. That's a yeah. That's a perfect example of what you're talking about. Yeah, they they hop in there and they're yeah. That is a perfect example. Like because because they, they're you know they have abilities and one guy's strength and so like, i mean it is much more jokey um mm. so so like something like this would the what i'm looking for would be great more maybe more better done for a uh like an anime genre uh show um but but still yeah that the concept is i think i enjoy it i think it's a neat concept and so when it makes me watch shows like the afk longer than i would give it a chance otherwise uh for because that's a neat I think that's a neat concept. And, you know, when you have dreams as a kid, a, a nerdy kid, you, know, you dream of, of being fully aware of yourself, but being in a comic book world or, a, mm-hmm. you know, a or fantasy d world. world. Yeah. Well, cool, man. We, we got a lot in today. We packed more than we thought we would into the, into the show. We got yeah. next week. I think our big thing is going to be, um, obviously, we'll spend some time with WandaVision. Um, the, mm-hmm. I, I would like, as we close this, I would like to see if we can start watching a, a show that I... I don't know, stumbled upon on Netflix called The Last Kingdom. Uh, it is right. right. I, I just, I don't, it literally just stumbled upon it. It's a Viking thing. I love my Vikings. Sure, but it's it's sitting at like it's got four seasons. It's a BBC show. It's got a Rotten Tomato score of eighty seven, audience score of ninety three, and I've mm. not only not heard of it, I've not seen trailers or anything for it. So mm. I think this seems like a prime show that maybe we should give it a shot and see a couple episodes in and. See if it's what kind of show it is. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. Yep. We'll check that out. Um, 
If we have extra time, uh, our buddy Fox recommended a show that is on Netflix, a movie that's on Netflix called The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Have you heard oh, of this? Oh, right. N- no. Um, I, don't have, I have not, actually. Okay. Is that a new it, show or old? It's or? new. It's, it's from last year. Okay. Um, I don't really know what it's about. Uh, mystery and thil- thriller, drama, history. It's got some kind of weird cast. Sasha Baron Cohen and Eddie Redmayne. Sasha Baron, is it a comedy? I don't think so. No, it says drama, history. Sasha um, Baron Cohen with a, a, a drama. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So we'll we'll maybe check that out if we have time. Cool. This week. Cool, man. All right. Uh, you have been listening to The Front Porch, this episode 184. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. That's where our buddy Fox is. He writes uh, movie and, and uh, board game reviews for LRM Online, and they their podcast is all about movies. It's much more concise than ours. <laughs> um, if you have questions, comments, feedback, uh, suggestions for things we should watch and or read or whatever and talk about, um, you can reach us on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. We've got contact forms there. Or if you're old school and you want to email us, that address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you enjoyed the Front Porch, please consider subscribing on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. All right, everybody. See you next time.